Hey friends, welcome back to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast. Have you been really interested in learning more about herbal medicine? Maybe it's something that you just really want to have on hand for your family in case you have any kind of sleeplessness or sickness or any of anything really come up and you're really wanting to grow your knowledge in herbal medicine and actually learn how to grow this in your backyard. Well, I want to share with you today three of my favorite herbs that I use medicinally and I just grow them in my backyard. Honestly, all of them I could even grow in a container if I wanted to. And the great thing is these are super easy to grow and most of them I can actually use with my children as well. So let's go ahead and get started. Hi friend, do you dream of having a garden but you don't know where to start? Do you want to switch to more natural products but feel overwhelmed by all the options? Do you believe that a holistic lifestyle would help your special needs kiddo but you're daunted by all the information out there? Welcome to the Special Kind of Motherhood podcast where you will learn how to work towards your dream for homesteading, gardening, and holistic living in small, simple steps that won't overwhelm you. Hi, I'm Ashley. I'm a wife, Jesus follower, and mom to some amazing kids. As some of my kids began experiencing health struggles and developmental delays, I decided it was time to switch to a holistic lifestyle. I quickly became stressed out and burnt out, feeling like I needed to change everything at once. I finally realized that I had to start making one small change at a time, then build from there. I learned to walk this holistic journey in a way that works for me and my family without stress or overwhelm or constantly feeling like I wasn't doing enough. If you're ready to hear from another mama who understands what it's like to have no time and who can help you make changes towards better health for your family in a way that works for your specific life, then this is the podcast for you. Pop in your earbuds, reheat your coffee for the third time, and let's do this. All right, friends, I did want to let you know that there will actually be only one episode released this week, today's episode, and then next week we are going to talk about a different method of gardening. We're actually going to go over raised bed gardening. So we talked about container gardening last week. I wanted to take a little bit of a break this week and add in some good herbal um, information just because I love and I'm continuing to learn about herbs and I want to share what I'm learning with you as well. And I just find growing herbs in my backyard to be very rewarding and also very simple. So I really want to go over that with you and share probably we'll just space out a few. I can have a giant list but I thought let's focus on three for today and then we'll talk a little bit more about the different methods you can use for actually growing a garden in your backyard. And then we'll mix in some herbs, additional herbs along the way. So I want to start today with our very first herb that I personally love to have in my backyard. And that is holy basil or Tulsi. So what I love about holy basil is that it is actually an adaptogen, which means that it's going to help your body to manage stress. It also has antidepressant and anti-anxiety properties, and it is a great source of antioxidants. So it really is just all around an amazing herb in my opinion. I also love it because it makes a wonderful tea. Now I personally, it is not my favorite taste, but I know people who absolutely love it. My husband actually loves it. Um, I don't like it necessarily by itself, but it is an herb that I know it has so many beneficial properties that I will blend it in with other dried herbs and drink it just fine. But my husband could actually just drink basil tea, uh, holy basil tea by itself and have no issues at all. And it does make a really wonderful tea. You could add in some lemon juice and some honey or really anything that if you wanted to do like a cane sugar, whatever you wanted to do, um, your kids could even drink it as well. And what I really love about it is that it's super easy to grow and it is a perennial, which means it's going to come back every single year. So it's not like you're going to have to be replanting seeds every single year. You can just 
plant it the one time and then you are good to go. It's just going to keep coming back unless, of course, something happens to it. But again, the likelihood is you're going to have it year after year, which in my opinion is amazing. I actually really like, because so many medicinal herbs are actually perennials, not all of them, but a lot of them are. And I really like that. And it's probably one of the reasons that I like growing them so much because it does take a lot of the work out of it. And for me, that's really beneficial because it's one less thing that I have to try to figure out where I'm going to plant or when I need to plant it. I just know I've already done it once and it's going to come back next year, which is amazing in my opinion. But again, this is, it has so many wonderful properties. It's, it makes an amazing tea. It's pretty simple. You can obviously just brew it fresh, like from the fresh leaves, or you could take it in and dehydrate it or hang them to dry. It's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. You use the leaves. I really like that about it. Like I said, something simple that you know is going to help your body to handle stress. And as we are parenting our children that may have some kind of disability or specific need, a lot of times it is very stressful on their body and on our body. So being able to have something handy that tastes good, of course, it depends on if, if you're me or if you're someone else. You may not think it tastes great, but you can blend it with something else, like I said earlier. But having something that tastes decent that you can just have as a, some kind of a sweet, refreshing drink in the summer is really, really nice. And again, you can dry those leaves as well, so you have it all year long. You could add it into different kinds of tea blends. I really like to add it in if we are dealing with some kind of really stressful situation or even sickness because it is very stressful on the body. And I want to be able to support our bodies as much as possible. So that would be number one. Number two is actually chamomile. I love chamomile. It is probably one of my favorite as far as putting into like a tea blend or anything like that. Chamomile is one of my favorites. So it is actually a mild sedative and it can calm the nerves. It can actually settle the stomach and to, it can help to relieve gas. It has actually been used as a digestive tonic and it is really popular for using for kids with like colic or any kind of digestive issue like that. And that's why I like it. It's just so mild. You can use it on all ages and it has a good taste. So it actually has a very sweet, almost honey-like taste, which makes it great for a tea. Your kids are not going to be as likely to resist it. A lot of medicinal herbs don't have a wonderful taste. That's why often you will find them in like a tincture or a glycerin or something like that because the taste isn't great. So having it in a small amount that you could even dilute in water or juice is very beneficial. But that is not the case with chamomile. It tastes really good. And I tend to add it to tea blends, especially like sleepy time tea blends. One, because it's going to help. It's going to have that mild sedative effect. But also it tastes really good. So if I have like other we were sick. I don't know. It's been a couple weeks ago and I made up a tea blend for myself because I was actually the worst in the house. I was the most sick, lasted the longest. So I made myself up a tea blend and I did a large bulk of it as chamomile because I knew my body needed the rest. And also I had a lot of other stuff in there that I knew did not taste well. And chamomile really kind of covers over those that may not taste as well. So it's wonderful for that and just being able to use it in, in a tea, even during like cold and flu season, if you have some kind of sickness you're battling, in my opinion, it's going to promote the, the rest. It actually has anti-inflammatory properties as well. And it's going to make the tea more palatable, which is really nice. The other thing I like for it is also that it's a great option to make into like a, you make it into a tea, but you actually just pour it into your bath and it's going to aid in relaxation. And it's also going to help to relieve sore muscles. So I actually really like to make, I don't take baths as much as I used to. It's one of my favorite things to do and I really should make time to do it more. 
but making like a bath tea is one of my favorite things because it's so simple and then getting to soak in the warm water I typically add Epsom salt as well for the magnesium and it's just a really really calming relaxing again depending on what herbs you add into that tea it can help with sore muscles it can help to it can relax you some of them can even help with breaking a fever which we're actually going to go over that herb in just a minute but there are so many good options available with a bath tea and this is I want to share this stuff with you guys because I want you to be able to find very simple solutions that are going to work well for you when you're getting started and you're very busy and overwhelmed you're wanting to switch to more natural solutions for your family but if it's difficult it's not likely that you're going to do it because you're going to feel so overwhelmed with how do I get started and this feels confusing. So keep it simple. Make a tea. Make a, a bath tea and dump it in your child's bath. If they won't drink regular tea and it's something that you feel like would work well with a bath tea, um, you could even, of course, you could make a glycerin or a tincture, but those are a little bit more in-depth. You may not be ready for that, which is totally fine. Um, but yeah, there are just so many simple options that you can do in order to still find the benefits of herbs but not feel overwhelmed by it. And that's why I really want to take this really like let's take a few herbs at a time and just talk about them give you time to digest them maybe read some more on them yourself and then go from there okay herb number three is actually yarrow so this herb is also a perennial I love yarrow we had it in our backyard for the last several years and then I decided I actually wanted a different kind of yarrow and a different species. And then also I didn't really like where it was planted and it was kind of because it is a perennial and it does spread. It was taking over a whole area and I kept pruning it back. But then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to rip it all up and then replant somewhere else. And all of these I actually either do currently or plan to plant from seed this year. And so that's the really nice thing about all three of these. You can just buy the seeds like at MI Gardener, um, Baker Creek, somewhere like that. And then you can just go ahead and start the seed yourself. It's going to be very affordable. You don't have to go out and try to hunt down a bunch of plant starts and, and spend a bunch of money. You can actually plant these yourself, which is really, really nice because when you look at the cost of dried herbs, like going to a bulk store or even like your local health food store and trying to buy dried herbs, it is so much more affordable whenever you can grow them in your backyard and dry them yourself. And even more so affordable if you can do that from seed. Especially when we're talking about these perennial varieties, they're going to keep coming back year after year. And that is the case with yarrow. So I'm at the point now, I ripped all of it up last year, kind of actually regretted it. I thought, oh, I should have waited until the season was over so I could have preserved more. But I, that, that's what I do. I get an idea in my head and just go for it. So I plan to plant more this year. So with, with yarrow, I tend to use the flowers. You can use the leaves as well for different things, but the flowers are used to help the body to be able to break a sweat or to begin to sweat, I should say, and then it can help with breaking a fever. So if you have a child who is really struggling with a really high fever, I tend to not freak out until about 104, but if my child is also uncomfortable, I want to help them find a way to get comfortable. So if you're not wanting to give any kind of over-the-counter medication but you're wanting to give them some relief and hopefully break the fever you could again make a bath tea and have your child in the in I tend to do a lukewarm bath for my child and I want it to be overly hot to, to he, increase their body temperature even more and then add that yarrow tea into the bath in order to help their body to be able to break that fever it's also really good for helping the body to fight off infection and it has anti-inflammatory and antiviral properties 
It can also help with menstrual cramps and stomach cramps as well. And the thing is you could make a tea out of the flowers in my opinion, if you're going to do that, it does not taste great. So this is where I would add something in like maybe peppermint or spearmint that has a pretty strong flavor, but also not a bad taste to kind of improve the flavor if you're going to do that. And again, this is where as you learn more about herbs, maybe you have a child who is struggling with, they can't, they don't want to take a bath and you're wanting to help them break the fever and you know they have some kind of virus going on. So you really wish that they would take a tea, then you could do something like trying to blend in a blend of herbs that you know will be a little bit more palatable to them and then just go ahead and give them the tea that way. This is also another instance where making it making it into some kind of a glycerin or tincture, alcohol-based tincture would be a really good idea because you could mix it into juice for your child. They're not going to notice it with the glycerin. It's typically pretty sweet tasting. My children have no issues whatsoever taking any kind of a glycerin tincture just because it's it doesn't usually taste bad. And so that's been really helpful as well. But if you're looking at just a really basic beginner bath tea, a, a basic tea that you could maybe mix some spearmint or peppermint into would be a really great idea. The other thing is the leaves can be used as a poultice for cuts to stop bleeding. And also you can just crush up the leaves obviously as a poultice to stop the bleeding, but then also to apply to like an insect bite or anything like that. So this is another great herb to have in your backyard. If you have a child who has, maybe they get a small cut, you can crush the leaves up in between your fingers. Some people even chew it and then put it on the cut to help stop the bleeding. Or if you have an insect bite, do the exact same thing. It will help to give them some relief as well. I hope this has been really beneficial for you. I would love to hear, do you have a favorite medicinal herb that you use for your family all the time? And if so, what do you use it for and how do you use it? Head over to our free Facebook community and share with us there. You can find us at bit.ly slash motherhood community. I hope to see you there and I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I will see you back next Tuesday. Hey mama, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds to share this with a friend who is wanting to live more holistically without the overwhelm? Also, don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts to leave me a review. It blesses and encourages me to know that this show is helping you. All right, friends, it's time for me to go work in the garden and make some homemade bone broth. I will see you back next week.